So, uh, Hare Krishna. Uh, welcome to our Sunday Bhagavatam class. Today is um, June 14th, 2020. And we are going to be reading, uh, or beginning with, uh, Bhagavatam 1, 736, Canto 1, Chapter 7, Verse 36. <clears throat> Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, um, here, Krishna, Lord Krishna speaking, and he says, Mattam, Pramattam, Unmattam, which obviously are different forms of the same word, Suptam Balam, Striyang, Jadam, Prapannam, Biratang, Bhitang, Naripum, Hanti, Dharmavit. So, the uh, subject of the sentence grammatically is dharmavit, one who knows dharma. Dharmavit, one who knows dharma. And the, the, the verse simply says in terms of grammar, uh, dharmavit na hanti ripum, that a dharmavit, someone who knows the law, the sacred law, <coughs> the laws of God, someone that knows their duty, does not kill an enemy in all these categories. So if, if you have this verse in front of you, 1736, uh, the last line is actually a complete Sanskrit sentence. That na ripum, an enemy, hanti dharmavit. A dharmavit, one who knows dharma, does not kill an enemy. And the top three lines are just explaining an enemy in all of these different conditions. And actually there's uh, um, seven, there's 10. Under 10 different conditions, a dharmavit does not kill an enemy. So let's see what those conditions are. Uh, the first is matta. Uh, matta, which means mad or careless, Prabhupada translates it. Um, comes from the Sanskrit verb mud, M-A-D, which we still have in English, mad. Someone's mad, they're crazy. So that's the same word, actually. And here we have the past passive participles, like maddened, or here, uh, Prabhupada says, careless, muttam. In other words, they're not in their right mind, they're not focused. And then pra, muttam, uh, which Prabhupada translates as intoxicated. I mean, if we look at the literal means of these words, they, they can mean different things. Uh, they can mean different things, but Prabhupada is just giving some examples of these conditions, like for example, matta in the dictionary means, um, that's the first, uh, it can be delighted, like sometimes like you're just mad with happiness or drunk, intoxicated, uh, insane, it can mean insane, and then if we just add the prefix pra, pra matta, uh, it, the dictionary says uh, excited, drunken, intoxicated, mad, insane, or inattentive, careless, heedless, negligent, 
forgetful. So, uh, in a sense, all these words are synonymous. Uh, so, but still, you get the idea. So, matam pramatam, and then we have another one which is un matam. Just we put another prefix in Sanskrit, un matam, and that means uh, disordered in intellect, distracted, insane, frantic, mad, again intoxicated. So, these words are synonymous. But they, if, if you look at context, how they're used in Sanskrit literature. But the idea here is that it's really Krishna's covering here all the bases of mental incompetence. That's really what's going on. Mattam, pramattam, unmattam, distracted, crazy, intoxicated, uh, and so on. And then suptam, one who's asleep. And, and remember that Krishna here is ordering Arjuna to kill Aswatthama. He's giving all these categories to say that Aswatthama does not fit in any of these categories. None of these uh, considerations will save Aswatthama. He doesn't qualify with any of these. In fact, Aswatthama killed the sleeping sons of Draupadi. So Krishna here mentions Suptam, sleeping or asleep. And that's precisely what Aswatthama did. He killed five young men who were sleeping. Or uh, the next category is Balam, like Bala Krishna. In other words, a child. You don't kill an enemy who's sleeping, who is underage. A child, Striyam, a woman. You don't kill a woman. Jadam, uh, the Prabhupada translates here, um, foolish. Uh, Jadam can also mean just... Uh, you know, like clinically insane. Uh, the Sanskrit dictionary defines jada as uh, senseless, stunned, uh, unintelligent, stupid, dull. I mean, we used to say retarded. I think we're not supposed to say that now, but you could say mentally impaired. Perhaps that's what we could say. Just someone who's mentally impaired, jada. Like to give an example, in Sanskrit, um, the way they say dead matter, like unconscious or dull matter, is they say jada prakriti. So jada prakriti means matter, the material, you know, just physical matter, uh, which is unconscious, which is, you know, just dull matter. That's the word they use, jada. So if someone is mentally impaired, that's jada. That's another category. And then prapannam. Uh, an enemy who surrenders. If someone surrenders to you, you don't kill them. So, prapandam, like prapadyate, it's the word commonly used for surrender, to surrender to Krishna. Uh, that sarvadharman pratyajama, oh, that's another different verse. Mam prapadyate. Yeah, bahunam janmanamante gyanavan mam prapadyate. So, prapad which literally means to approach, prapad, to go towards someone, to approach, to surrender. So here's the uh, prapannam, surrendered. So someone who has surrendered, an enemy that surrendered, you don't kill them. Viratam, or someone who has lost their chariot. Of course, Krishna is going, Arjuna is going to kill Karna, who doesn't have his chariot. Losing your chariot was not a fatal, uh, was not necessarily an insurmountable problem as we see in the detailed 
battle scenes of Mahabharata, but still in general, if it's under ordinary conditions, if someone is without their chariot, then you don't kill them. And then beat them, someone who's afraid. If you see your enemy is actually terrified, then... So Krishna says that a dharmavit does not kill an enemy in all these conditions. Uh, but now he's going to say who you should kill. And a sutama is going to fit into the category of an enemy that you do kill. So Krishna says, Swapranan jak parapranaihi prapusnati agranak kala tadvadhas tasyahi shriyo jaddoshat jatiyatak puman. So puman is the, uh, the a person uh, goes down, adhak means down. Uh, a person goes down under certain conditions, the enemy, supranan, so one who their own life, and here one's own life is given in Sanskrit as supranan. Uh, prana means, of course, the vital air. You know what prana is, life breath. And so here's in the plural. Uh, they're literally their own vital energies or their own life breaths, which is just a, a, a way in Sanskrit of saying their life. So. One who prapushnati, one who sustains their own life. Uh, this is the verb prapush, prapushnati, which in Sanskrit means to nourish, feed, support. So one who, one who supports swapranan, their own life, padapranai, at the cost of the lives of others. So swa and para in Sanskrit are sort of opposites. Swa is one's own and para is the other. And it can also be used para in philosophically to mean spiritual because the other world, there's this world, as yesterday we did the Isopanishad, Om Purnamadak Purnamidam, there's this world and then there's that other world meaning the spiritual world. And so here, uh, Swapranan, one who Prapushnati sustains, nourishes their own life at the cost of the lives of others, agranak, shameless or, or merciless, kala, uh, wretched, evil, tadvadas tasihi sheyo, that killing that person is for their own benefit. Krishna says certainly that the best thing for that person is to kill them. That's, that's really what's best for them. Someone who is maintaining, nourishing, because Suprananda, the word prapushnati doesn't merely mean that someone saves their own life by taking the lives of others. It's more than that. It's prapushnati means uh, they actually are nourishing, they're feeding themselves. Like, you know, they want more power or they want more wealth, or they're just they're just kind of like feeding themselves by taking the lives of others. So Supranan, Japaranaik, Prapushnati, Agrana, Kalak, merciless and, and cruel, evil. So for that person, the best thing is to kill them. That's what's best for that person. They'll get, you know, 
let's start to wash off some of these sins. So Yiddoshat, because by their uh, faults or by their uh, sins, uh, they're going down. So that person, such a person is going down and, uh, oops, they're having trouble with the video. Let me see if I can uh, restart this. Okay, so I apologize for that interruption and hopefully we will be on our way again. So I just wanted to, uh, the word dosha in Sanskrit, which is not like the, another branches of Indian culture, they have the word dosha. This is something different. And it means a fault, a vice, a sin, a, a wickedness, a sinfulness. Okay, I will, uh, Nandali will let me know if something goes wrong, thank you. So because of their wickedness, because of their wickedness, that person will go down. So the next verse is, Krishna says, so, so Krishna is really giving heavy arguments to Arjuna, why you have to kill this person. Which means you promised Draupadi. Panchali is Draupadi. So Panchaliyai means unto Panchali, unto Draupadi. Shinbato Mama. I was listening. Krishna says, I was listening when you made a promise to Panchali. Aharishe Shirastasya. I will take off his head. I heard you say that. I heard you promise that to Draupadi. Aharishe Shirastasya, Jaste Manini Putraha, Manini, here um, addressing Draupadi, he, uh, Krishna, uh, Arjuna addressed Draupadi as Manini means like, oh, most respectable lady, most honored lady. Uh, I will take off the head of this person who is Putraha, the killer of your, of your children. So Krishna says, I heard you promise that to Draupadi. So what are you doing? And we'll go to the next one, try to keep the rhythm here of what's going on. So here Krishna calls... Um, um, Ashwatthama Kula Pangsana, which Prabhupada translates at, as the burnt remnants of his family. Uh, I'm going to tell you what uh, Pangsana literally means. Pangsana means defiling, vitiating, disgracing. So literally it means he's the, he's the disgrace of his family. He has defiled, he has polluted his family. He's the wicked one of his family, contemptible. That's what the that's what Pangsana means. So basically, he's a, he's an evil person that he has disgraced his family, and so Vadyadang, uh, Papa means let this sinner be killed. It's the passive imperative form, for those of you who are grammar people. Uh, it's the passive imperative. Let this sinner be killed. This atatai, this aggressor, who kills 
his own relatives. Bartu is because, of course, Jonah was the guru of the Pandavas, and therefore there was a special relationship between Dronacharya's family and the Pandavas family. So he's someone who is just uh, killing his own inner circle. Bartusya Vipriyang Vira and Kritavan, and who also has done something which was displeasing to his own master, because his master was. Duryodhana, which, which shows that Ashwatthama was really twisted because uh, he was supposed to be a Brahmin. Of course, his father also, they're supposed to be Brahmins. So what are they doing on the battlefield? What are they doing on the battlefield if they're supposed to be Brahmins? They take the honor given to Brahmins, but then they want to have the privileges of Kshatriyas. So you can see how Kali Yuga is coming. People are not following the rules and is creating hell. So Therefore, Ashwatthama degraded himself by taking as his master or his employer almost, because Bharata, uh, Bharata, here we have the, anyway, the genitive form, Bartus, of the master, but uh, it means literally the one who maintains you. It's just like, for example, a husband is supposed to maintain, this is actually sort of an insulting word here because the Krishna is using a, uh, one of the, a word for husband in Sanskrit, a common word is bharata, which literally means the maintainer, and the wife in that context is called bharya, which means the one who is to be maintained. It is the duty of the husband to maintain his wife. And therefore the husband is called bharata, the maintainer, and the wife bharya, the one who is to be maintained. So to call Ashwatthama here, the so-called brahmana, to call him the uh, to say that your master, your maintainer, is uh, Duryodhana is of course insulting, and it shows how his life was completely twisted, because he was taking money, he was taking support, and serving the interests of someone in a lower caste who was actually an evil person, Duryodhana. So. And so, he's, and even that person, you couldn't please. Even Duryodhana, this is very significant. Duryodhana is actually an asura. Duryodhana was a bad person. And yet, he says, you couldn't even please him. You are so out of control, that uh, Ashwatthama is so out of control. He became so wicked. He even displeased Duryodhana, who is the architect of all kinds of evil. And yet even Duryodhana was disgusted by his acts. So that's the idea here. Bharatusya vipriyam. Priya means pleasing, and vipriya means displeasing. So Bharatusya vipriyam vira kritavan, that, that's what he did, kulapangsana, the disgrace of his family. The disgrace of his family. And uh, which probably translates the burnt remnants of the family. So, uh, so Krishna said all that. He's saying, Badyatam, he said, let him be killed. So Sutu Vacha, now Sutta says, Evam Parikshita Dharmang Partha Krishnena Chodita. Thus uh, impelled or, 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 or thus uh, uh, encouraged, more than encouraged. Chodita uh, means not simply encouraged, but uh, pushed, like Krishna's really pushing him forward. 
Chodita means uh, driven, impelled, incited. Krishna is inciting Arjuna. Uh, he's pushing him to do this. He's driving him forward. That's what Chodita is. Now, those of you who know the Gayatri Mantra will recognize the word uh, Chodita, which occurs there in the form of Prachodita. Anyway, Prachodita. So Chodita, Krishna is inciting him, pushing him to, to, to do that, to do the right thing. So so Krishna is, is, is uh, inciting him, pushing him, and Krishna, who is Parikshita Dharma, a party means around in sense, like peri in English, periscope, perimeter. So that's party, and then iksha means like looking. So Krishna, who was uh, literally sort of like looking at dharma carefully, carefully considering dharma. That's the way you could translate this. Krishna, who was, uh, you know, thoroughly considering dharma. Uh, the word pariksha, in Sanskrit means uh, to investigate, to examine, inspect. So Krishna was very carefully considering, looking at um, Dharma. And he was pushing, driving Arjuna to do the right thing. But Arjuna, Naichad Hantum Guru Sutam, Arjuna did not want to kill his Guru's son. So this is. Arjuna again. I mean, this is Arjuna. Remember at the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, he didn't want to fight at all because he didn't want to kill relatives and, you know, he didn't want to kill his guru, Drona. Now, the battle's just about over. You know, the battle really is over. It's just sort of mopping up. It's just the last few things have to be done. And again, he doesn't want to kill his guru's son. Yadyapyat mahanang mahan. Uh, even if, yadiyapi means even if, uh, that Guru's son was a murderer. Uh, it's interesting, it says Atmahana, which means literally a, a killer of the self. Prabhupada translates it murderer of sons, but literally it means a murderer of the self. In other words, he was just like totally self-destructing. He was killing persons who he should have identified with, he should have had empathy for. So even the word Atmahanam is very interesting here. But anyway, Atmahanam Mahan, because Arjun was great. And so Arjun, the Bhagavatam says that Arjun was not simply sentimental or foolish, but he was great. Mahan, Mahan here grammatically refers to Arjun. So, Atopetya Sashibiram Govinda Priyasarati so Arjuna, for whom Govinda is his dearest, is, is the dear one, Govinda Priya and Sarati, and also Govinda is his chariot driver. It's very interesting because you could say that Krishna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra is acting like Narayan and so on. But those who actually understand our philosophy know that it's still Krishna. There's only one God. And so here, who is Arjuna's chariot driver? It's Govinda. Not Narayan. I mean, of course, they're the same person, Narayan, Krishna. There's one God. But but even on the chariot, even driving Arjuna's chariot, it is Govinda. Govinda Priyasarati. And so Arjuna bringing Ashwatthama, Swashiviram, back to his own military camp 
He turned him over. He delivered him. He delivered him, turned him over to his beloved wife, Draupadi. Who was grieving for her slain sons, Atmajan Hatan. He turned her over to his beloved wife, who was grieving for her slain sons. And uh, so maybe we'll stop there, actually. We start a little late. Uh, but we'll, so we've done a bit there. And um, next time we'll begin with 42. Or actually, let's see. It takes a while. There's a lag time. Let's see if we get any questions in. So maybe while well, we give time to Ananda Leela to send the questions in. Um, okay. Questions just came in. Uh, at least some of them did. So it seems that 1736 is very relevant to what happened yesterday in Atlanta. A man called Brooks fell asleep in a drive through and held up the line so the police were called. They confirmed he was drunk. He ran with their taser. And according to witnesses and video surveillance, the officers shot him. Obviously, police officers have a stressful, in-the-moment kind of job, but they often seem to use deadly force unnecessarily. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that um, there are rules of engagement for police. And so the first thing we have to do, I would proceed rationally. I have to say I do not make final judgments based on newspapers because... Uh, sometimes they tell the truth, sometimes they do. They're often evil, depressed. I mean, because evil in this sense that they want to stir up trouble because that way they sell more newspapers. I mean, that's, that's very well known. So in this case, uh, I, I would do two things to be rational. I would say, first of all, uh, what are the rules of engagement for police? Under what, what are the rules? Like when can they use lethal force? Then, then number two, I would say, are those rules of engagement fair? Do they, or are they um, unfair? In other words, do they give the police too much freedom to use lethal force? So number one, what are the, what were the rules of engagement for the police? Number two, are those rules fair? Number three, I would say, if the rules were fair, if the rules were fair, uh, did that officer follow the rules? If not, then he acted criminally and has to be punished. Uh, if the rules are unfair, so, so you can see, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the man who was killed was not a victim. I'm not saying there was not a police murder. I'm saying, though, I'm not going to draw a final conclusion based on the news because I don't trust the news. Sometimes they give you the truth and a lot of times they're wicked. In other words, wicked in the sense they would rather stir everybody up and cause divided, you know, get everyone all disturbed, divided country because they'll sell more news that way. So I would, I would investigate. And, and by the way, that's what the police are going to do. The police are going to conduct an investigation and possibly there'll be an outside investigation and uh, and so I'm not going to be prejudiced, which literally means to judge before 
all the facts are in. You could say, well, we have the facts, we have a video, and that may be true, but the difference between a civilized society and an uncivilized society is that in a civilized society, you follow certain procedures because as we know, what science shows... Anyway, so that's what I would do. It may seem that there's very strong evidence that there was police brutality, murderous police brutality, and if that's the case, then that's the case. But I'm going to uh, wait for an objective, thorough report by the authorities. And and, and uh, my judgment will be based on that. So I'll translate this from Portuguese. Next question. Uh, please, uh, could you please speak a little about the, the last lines of the purport of verse 37 and how this is totally related to the situation that our planet is passing through at this moment and how uh, we could kill, in quotes, this evil. Please respond in English. Yeah, I <laughs> do. Uh, okay. Some Govardhan does. So that was verse 37. We'll have to go back to 37, the last line of the purport. See what Prabhupada said. Uh, the material world is itself a place always full of anxieties. And by encouraging animal slaughter, the whole atmosphere becomes polluted more and more by war, pestilence, famine, and many other unwanted calamities. Yes, there's no question. Uh, animal slaughter. Um, yeah, to think that a country can kill millions, if not billions, of innocent creatures and, and this won't come back to them is, of course, absurd. So, yeah, nature herself, Bumi, you could say, is revolting against a wicked civilization. A civilization which in some ways is good and in some ways is, is wicked. And so nature, Bumi herself, is revolting against this and there's so much, there's so much trouble. So, uh, oh, there's more questions. Okay, I'll translate from Spanish. One of the qualities of Krishna is his omnipotence, which in the dictionary, in the most authoritative Spanish dictionary, means who can do everything. And uh, it specifies that this is an exclusive attribute of God. Uh, can we infer then that Krishna can improve himself? <laughs> this is one of those trick questions, you know. I mean, there's, there's, a, whole, there's a whole group of these questions. Can he improve... Uh, the administration of education and justice in the material world, making it uh, suave, softer, making it, you know, maybe kinder, let us say. Uh, can it be that in the constant increase of his unlimited pleasure, there are arising new expansions and incarnations? <laughs> Um, so, omnipotence, who can do everything? To do everything is not to do things which are 
meaningless. Like, for example, if you ask the question, can Krishna make a square circle? Uh, that's not a real question in the sense that a real question would actually say something. But if you say uh, a square circle, those words don't mean anything. And so you're asking if Krishna can do something. Well, actually, you're not asking if Krishna can do something because there, because you didn't say anything. Square circle doesn't mean anything. It has no meaning. And so given that Krishna is infinite, all-powerful, if you say, can infinity be increased, whether we're talking about Krishna's infinite beauty, his infinite power, or so on, I would say that the very notion, the very concept of increasing infinity doesn't mean anything. And so the question, can Krishna increase his own infinity, is ultimately a question that is meaningless. The words actually don't mean anything. Because to say that something can increase is to say it's not infinite. And so if you say, can Krishna, you know, so it, it, it's just a meaningless question. Or you could say, well, can Krishna make himself finite? But it, it, it seems again like an absurdity. Uh, because can Krishna do something absurd? Krishna is infinite, that's his nature. And uh, so to be omnipotent means that you have all power, but, but it doesn't mean that, well, can you do absurdities or, or meaningless things? So, of course, this would be a very long philosophical discussion, but ultimately, I think in the realm of philosophy, it's uh, people understand that it really, yeah, that it's, it's, it's not really a meaningful question. So, one more question I'll translate from Spanish. Ashwatthama finally was punished, but he didn't die. He is one of those, uh, here's the question, is he one of those Chirang Jivas at like Hanuman, Vyasa, Parashuram, etc., that lived for a very long time? What is the sense of that blessing? Ashwatthama has, does, does Ashwatthama have a role reserved for the future. Uh, first of all, there is a body of statements or claims, which is, as, as far as I know, are not really in Shastra. As far as I know, if, if they are in Shastra, someone please send me that information. But so Chidang Jiva, Chidang means for a very long time or, you know, perpetual. Uh, and Chidang Jivas means living for, you know, an extraordinarily long time. So Hanuman, Vyasa, for example, we heard that Vyasa is still in this world, or Parashuram, or Hanuman. I'm not sure what the evidence is for that. I'm not sure if that's sort of a, a legend from the Vaishnava community or the Hindu community in India, or whether we have Shastra that says that that's the case. So if someone knows, please send me the information. As far as Ashwatthama, we've also heard that he wanders. We're going to read the story and actually see what becomes of him. But uh, again, I tend to focus on what's actually in the Shastra. And there's a huge body of 
other claims. I don't know, you can call them legends or whatever. I mean, among devotees, they say so many things that they've heard or someone said, and these things are not in Shastra. So I tend to focus on Shastra because Prabhupada said that's the highest authority. Okay, so thank you all very much. Um, I, again, I'm sorry I cut it off in the middle there. I hope I didn't lose anybody because I got an error message and I made the terrible mistake of responding before finding out from Ananda Leela what was really going on. <laughs> so, so uh, thank you all very much. I hope I answered all the questions. I'm not seeing any more questions there. Well, here's one. Let's see. When too many pro when too many problems arise. Whoops, I had it and I just lost it. You know, it's kind of. What do we do when we have too many problems? Uh, I apologize. I, I was reading it and then uh, and then it just suddenly vanished. So I'll try real quickly to find it if I can't. I'm sorry, I didn't answer. Let's see. When we have too many problems, I would say uh, I didn't, I couldn't read the rest of it because it just uh, it vanished here. If we have too many problems in Krishna consciousness, get we have to become more serious. We have to really take shelter of Krishna. Uh, Krishna is always more powerful than Maya. Krishna is always merciful. So if we have problems, we just have to. Uh, we just have to really become more serious in our Krishna consciousness. The essential teachings about these pastimes, well, I guess we are discussing them. We're, we're discussing all those essential teachings. Okay, so I'll stop here. Again, I'm sorry if I didn't answer your question. I did my best to find the questions and Nandali was sending them in. But uh, sometimes the uh, Facebook doesn't cooperate. So thank you all very much. And I hope you'll be back next week. And Hare Krishna.